Finally, it is time for some swords and sorcery. Guys and gals, put on your pants of drinking and join us as we check out the seven deadly sins. Cody, 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 we're back. We're back with some something fresh. We're, we've got some new stuff this week. That's right. Yeah, man. Um, I'm so excited to be um, um, uh, back doing another, well, hey, only another episode, only talking to the homie. But, like, I'm glad we're finally doing, like, some fantasy anime because um, I'm a huge, huge fan of fantasy anime. And I'm really liking this one so far. I haven't seen this one yet. So, yeah. yeah, I'm glad to be here with you experiencing it for the first time. Yeah, it's great, man. I'm actually having a really, really good time. But, you know, before we dive into that, and before I even ask you what you're drinking, I need to know, did you watch that uh, that Fist of the North Star fighting game match that I sent you? Oh, yeah, that I did check out. Uh, it was pretty funny. The, the last round was crazy. The guy hits him, like, oh. one time, and it's just, like, an, an infinite combo of attacks. Yep. Yeah, that, that game is so busted, so broken. And I, I, I hope everybody else who i mentioned it to went to youtube and looked up best hnk match ever um because it is in fact that <laughs> hypest fighting game moment of all time of all time yeah it's, pre- it's pretty crazy and actually chris before we get way too far ahead of ourselves uh, guys uh-huh. i am cody snodgrass oh yeah and i'm chris adams i just uh, I, <laughs> i'm excited to talk this week man like i'm actually having a really really good time with this anime and yes i'm chris adams thank you for joining us once again on shonen and suds yeah, but episode episode eleven. Oh, we're 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 now entering you know the double digits. You know, ten is like the gateway. Eleven is that first curve, and you know we're here, man. That's we're right. here. But um, you know, Cody, before we start, to, you know, diving into, we're going to be talking about the first twelve episodes of Seven Deadly Sins. But before we dive into that, what you drinking? Ooh, the crisp crackle. Yeah, Chris, we got a we got a nice tall boy here. Uh, Ooh. Another Anheuser-Busch product, of course, you know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Guava Rita, Chris. Um, and we actually talked about this before the podcast, that I had no idea what really what a guava fruit is. Um, but a, Oh, it's a tropical fruit rich in vitamin C. I know that. That's right. Uh, apparently it has green or yellow skin and a pink or white center, and uh, mm. that's what the can looks like, at least. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, that that's pretty much right. I think the, uh, you know, I'm no, uh, I'm no, you know... I don't think I can't even think of the right word. Um, I don't know if they're, they're farmed or what. I mean, they, they grow on trees, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I'm not really a fruit connoisseur, you know. I mean, I love fruit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the color on the inside <laughs> is determined by how ripe it is. I think the pinker it is inside, the riper it is. But I don't know. But uh, they're good. A uh, lot of lot of vitamin C and fiber. So you'll be pooping pretty regular. But probably not from that. You'll, that'll give you the sugar shits what you're drinking. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. I just had, had a swig of it. Um, yeah, this is dangerous, Chris. This is eight percent alcohol, and it tastes very oh. good. Very good. Oh man! Picked up yeah, a couple. Picked up a couple tall boys at the at the local Seven Eleven just before we sh- we started recording this. So. Oh, nice, nice. So you may crack through both of those and feel like death the next morning. That's, but that's right. Uh, but Chris, what about you? What are you drinking tonight? I'm actually keeping it a little classy. Um. You know, no beer today. I'm actually just doing straight whiskey. Uh, a little bit of Buffalo Trace, my my go-to. This is like my my go-to whiskey. Gotta have it. And uh, love that. You know, yeah. Go just going neat, no ice. Just something to you know, kind of warm the soul while we're uh, talking about a very um, I don't know. I I, I don't want to say lighthearted, but there. <sighs> 
it has some lighthearted moments, but we're, we're talking about Seven Deadly Sins. We're just going to dive right in, Cody. We're just going to start with the tail of the tape. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins, um, it was a manga that was released originally back in October of 2012. It was written by uh, Nakaba Suzuki. Um, and from what I understand, the, the manga just finished like, like back in March. Oh, really? I see. I, I've, I had no idea. The first time I heard of the show was when it came to Netflix. So, Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're actually getting to that because um, it was in April of 2014 that it was revealed that uh, the, the, the manga would be adapted into an anime. And it was in October of 2014 uh, that it originally aired. Um, and it was actually licensed in English uh, by Netflix in November of 2015. Um, now, I know... The, the you know looking at it on Netflix versus how it actually was there's a little bit of uh I guess I don't want to say discrepancy but like season two on Netflix like if you'll notice it's only you know and that's what we're watching it on by the way we're watching it on Netflix for those watching along um season two is only four episodes which we kind of talked about last week um when we said that it won but that second season is actually a second anime series that was just a four episode uh like pretty much a television special. Um, it's called uh, Signs of the Holy War. Right. Um, yeah, doing some research on Wikipedia, we saw that uh, mm-hmm. kind of just before the cast. Um, we are still going to go ahead and just have that be its own episode, just the, that little that little section coming up. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Might as well. I mean, just you know, might as well go in order. And uh, from what I understand, uh, season four, quote, quote, but it's actually what, seasons four and five, you said, Cody? Yeah, it's the actual season four, but on Netflix, when you guys see it, it'll say season five. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that'll be. It was supposed to come out in October, but it got delayed, as many things have in twenty twenty due to COVID. Right. Yeah. Um, but it'll be premiering uh, January twenty twenty one, so really not too far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and like I said, this week we're covering the first twelve episodes, and uh, before we get into it, Cody, um, what what are your initial impressions of the anime overall? At least his first arc. Uh, these first 12 episodes, uh, I really enjoy them. I, I really enjoy the story. Obviously, this is my... I think it's my third time seeing this first season. Um, okay. Mostly just because it, w- it was a long wait to get those four episodes. And then I, I'm a big anime rewatcher, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really, enjoy, I really enjoy the story. I like, um, I like how they're gathering all the sins up together. Um, mm-hmm. I pretty much enjoy it just about everything my big gripe about it uh well we'll get into our gripe that we both have mm-hmm. um but i don't know about you chris i'm a person that watches like everything with subtitles on mm-hmm. and this netflix english subtitles are so incorrect <laughs> like, oh rough that it drives me insane like there, uh-huh. there's a point in episode 11 where meliotis says yes uh-huh. or, or he said he says no and the subtitles say yes and I'm like, sick. This is wrong. Like, so like Netflix, if you're listening and you guys need somebody to do the subtitles for you, you know, hit hit your boy up. You know, <laughs> it's the least you could do. Uh, but Chris, what do you think of it so far? Um, I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, and uh, again, I'm a sucker for high fantasy anime. It it checks a lot of boxes. Um, I like the fact that I mean, it it plays out in a very typical fashion. You know, you're gathering up your party. It's very JRPG ish in that you know, in that regard, or just RPG in general, you know, you're gathering your party, you're coming across a, just a unruly cast of villains, um, you know, that, that are, 
you know, different, powerful in different ways, and they provide different challenges. And that's something I'll I'll dig into more as we get into the episodes because I I like the way the battles unfold in this show. Um, but again, my one gripe I have is the exact same as yours. I absolutely fucking despise all of like the overly weeby shit that's going on in it, man. Like, I I don't need Meliodas to be like looking up skirts and grabbing titties like every like five like they they beat that into the ground over the course of these 12 episodes um and look i'm all for comic relief and having fun in anime but like that's like that's what hawk's for right like i think he provides or she whichever provides ample comic relief yeah i I totally agree with you i think the story is way too good for yeah it, it takes me out of the story. Like when, when like something will be going on, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm just over here looking up her skirt, and it's just like, what the fuck? And it's not like, and it's not like a way where like he's doing it and she hates it. She doesn't like turn around and like slap the shit out of him or something like that, which you know would be, still doesn't make it any better. But like at least that way, maybe he'll stop. But yeah, she has like. <laughs> Elizabeth has literally like no self-respect for herself. Oh <laughs> no, she she's not. She's just a she's just a fucking sad clown. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, she's such a weird character, and we'll we'll talk about her more as it progresses. But uh, you know, Cody, I'm, let's just go ahead and dive right into this first episode. Um, now I know you know in the in the opening credits, you you're introduced to this like little story about a war that took place uh years ago with demons and you know. So you're you're I, I'm already in love with the the lore that they're kind of presenting to us right off the bat. You talking about like the sweet little intro talk speech? Oh yeah, I, I love the intro. I absolutely love the intro. Yeah, I love the intro, and I I really enjoyed the outro. I think it's my favorite outro I've probably ever heard. Um, it, it's good. It's actually really good. I I do enjoy it. And I like the and I have to watch it because there's scenes after the credit in every episode, and I'm glad you mentioned that to me before I started because I would have completely skipped it and they're all like very relevant scenes like yeah. it's literally the bridge to the next episode yeah so if you guys haven't watched this before make sure you watch past the credits like chris said um and it's something... you'll be lost you'll be like who the fuck is that guy or how are they here what's going on here there'd be a lot of that well yeah and it's kind of it's tough because like with like netflix and like hulu and a lot of these uh like streaming services like usually it just skips right to the next episode so there's times where you can even miss like the Mm-hmm. The post-credit scene. Yep. But Cody, let's dive right into episode one. And again, it, it opens with a like a like a knight's apprentice going through. I want to say the, the I forget the name of the town that he's in or the kingdom that he's in. Yeah, he's in the kingdom of Leonis. Um, That's right. And you hear like another knight guy. He like calls him over. Um, mm-hmm. And we see like all these. They're called holy knights. Uh, they're all dead. Like it's it's yeah, a bloodbath. Uh, is a graveyard absolutely uh and the guy says that they were all killed by like just seven people or something like that um Mm -hmm. which you can kind of put two and two together that that's the the quote-unquote seven deadly sins yep and i actually thought right off the bat that the seven deadly sins were the villains yeah right off the bat i was like okay well cool well there's obviously like this kid's gonna put together a rag again i'm going in 100 percent blind i'm like all right well this kid's gonna put together a little ragtag group and they're gonna go and fight it's like okay this is this is high fantasy 101 but then they're like fucking 10 years later and i was yeah. like oh well fuck me 
Yeah, ten years later we flash. Uh, we see the Boar Hat Tavern. Uh, Dude, I fucking love the Boar Hat Tavern. And I don't know, Cody. To me, it seems to like Boar Hat. Like seems like a play on like Boar's Head. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I, I don't know. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, they're running a little deli out here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it turns out that this this tavern is it's actually owned by a kid that looks pretty young. Like he looks like a young mm-hmm. child, uh, maybe like early teens. Um, and he's got his talking pig, like we mentioned before. His name's Hawk. Um, oh, I love Hawk. And we don't. It's know- weird that I love Hawk, but hate fucking Ninja Ninja and Afro Samurai. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Maybe Hawk's a little bit just a little more endearing because it's a pig. Yeah. I mean, like, if you put people clothes, it's like Homer Simpson. You can't kill him if he's wearing people clothes, <laughs> even though he's not wearing people clothes, except for, like, his little tag that says, uh, boar hat. Yeah, and what is, what is Hawk? He's, like, the the general of Scraps Disposal <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Right. Fucking, fucking Scraps Disposal. I love it. Um, and I love that at this tavern, like, I mean, like, the booze is good, but the food is fucking awful. Yeah. And nobody makes any bones about it. Even, uh, you know, the the purveyor of this fine establishment is like, oh, yeah, that's pretty awful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's but, great. Yeah, it's kind of just got some townsfolk in there. They're just kind of shooting the shit. Um, and the guy kind of, he barges in, mm-hmm. and he, he's panicking. He's saying that he saw the wandering Rust Knight. Uh, and this is supposedly like a member of the Seven Deadly Sins wandering about. Like he saw him uh-huh. outside the tavern. Um, yeah, because you see, um, and I don't know if it's before, I can't remember if it's before or after, but you see the scene of like this, just this staggering, just lumbering fucking suit of armor mm-hmm. walking through. So, And again, I'm still like, okay, well, that's the first one they're going to fight. Whatever's going to happen, this is the first sin they're going to fight, and we'll just learn more as it goes. Yeah, and this, this knight actually shows up to the, to the tavern, and like, all the people kind of <laughs> freak out, and they all run off. Oh, they haul ass. Uh, and then the night collapses, and uh, it turns out this isn't some big, big old brawny man. This is just a young woman who uh, yeah. is revealed to be Princess Elizabeth uh, of yeah. the Kingdom of Leonis. Yep, isn't she uh, like the like the they said like the third princess or something like that? Yeah, I think she's the youngest sister. There's okay. three princesses, um, and we'll meet them as the show kind of goes about. Oh, and that's what I figured. Uh, I know when they said third princess, I I assume she has siblings. Yeah, and this is where we get kind of our first, like, uh, fan service kind of, like, perverted scene, because, like, Meliodas is totally, well, we don't know him as Meliodas yet, but uh, this kid is totally, like, groping this woman. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, just all over, and it's, it's, like, I can understand it here, right? Because it's like, oh, it's just a kid, he's seeing boobies, you know, that, what, what else, what, I mean, there's nothing, it's, we're talking, like, this is a high like fantasy era. There's nothing to do but be afraid of the sun. So if you see some titties, it was probably the thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he kind of he kind of nurses uh, Elizabeth to like her recovery, and uh, she reveals that she's on this journey to find the seven deadly sins. Um, because I, I guess she she knows that the holy knights want to start some kind of war. Yeah, because she's the one who said the 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 holy knights were were evil, or mm-hmm. um, and obviously that's like then I'm thinking right off the bat I'm like okay well everything I have completely thought about this show through the credits and up to now is completely wrong, right? Uh, and then we get uh, we see outside of the tavern we see a couple holy knights or they're they're just some some regular knights pretty much at this point. It's actually that boy that we saw in the opening scene. He's one of them. Yep. Uh, and they're come, they come knocking on the door, and they're like, hey, uh-huh. we saw a rusty knight come in here. 
Uh, and the boy, he answers the door, and uh, Elizabeth, she's actually runs out the back. Uh-huh. And I think one of the knights sees her, and then... So they start chasing her, and uh, pursuit really just ensues from that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Well, th- and at this point, the kid comes out. I don't know if the kid comes out and beats them right there, or they go get their uh, their man fucking Twiggy. Twiggo, Twiggy, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. The- yeah, Meliodas takes them out. Uh, and then, like you said, Twiggo, he's actually like one of the quote-unquote holy knights. Um, yep. Uh, and he recognizes Elizabeth as the pr- as the princess because she's wearing like this specific earring um, that only yep. that only like the royal family would have or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Mel- uh, the boy reveals himself to be Meliodas, uh, who is actually the leader of the seven deadly sins. And we kind of yep. saw we while we're in the tavern for those brief scenes at the beginning. There's like uh, these wanted posters, and they kind of flashed them throughout the series. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you see them in pretty much every outro as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he looks nothing like what he does on the poster. I, I guess maybe, maybe the poster assumes he's aged 10 years. Yeah, which would make sense, but he still looks like a child. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And because uh, you see here, um, he's got this sword. Like, it's at least the hilt. It looks like a, uh, like, a, like the, the hilt looks like dragon scales. But when he finally, like, when he's fighting with old Twiggo here, um, like you notice the sword's broken. Yeah, it's like barely even has any bit of a blade oh, left. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But he takes out he, he he makes quick work of Twiggo. Uh, yeah, cause, like cause, um because Twiggo's got like some power. I mean, he, he's clearly I mean he's a holy knight, so he's clearly you know a strong fighter. But then like um, Meliodas actually starts using just a little bit of his power. You know, it, that trope is in here too. Obviously, um, all of these guys we're going to meet have power, but it's you know, instead of just throwing out random percentages of I'm only using seventy percent of my power, they're like, you haven't used your ultimate technique, or how about this? You you haven't tapped into this part of your power, or you need this to tap into your, you know, something like that. Right. Um, which I like. Um, and we also find here that he is the he is the bearer of the sin of wrath. Yeah, the sin of wrath. He's the dragon sin. Uh, he, he's got like a, a symbol on him. And uh, actually, during the fight with Twiggo, we see a brief moment where this uh, like symbol appears on his forehead, and uh, yep. that that'll actually come into play a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he defeats him, and uh, I think this is where we have the credits play. And this is when I first remembered that we have these after credit scenes. Um, yep. Well, one of the things too, um, I don't want to kind of skip back but i remember when the the knights were standing outside of the tavern they're like hey i don't remember there ever being a tavern right here yep yep so well that makes sense because when we come back from the credits uh there is a all of a sudden there's a giant green the, the tavern is on the back of this giant green pig yeah, and it's, it's just walking yeah it turns out to be hawk's mom and uh oh yeah old mama pig yeah and meliodas he reveals to elizabeth that he's also been looking for the other sins um Mm-hmm. So they kind of like, like you said earlier, it's like a JRPG party. Like, they, we got our starting party, and now we got a mission. They're off to find the rest of the the sins. Um, mm-hmm. And right before that's kind of where I mean that's right where episode two picks up. Yeah, right at the very end, we see uh, old Twiggle. Uh, he reports that like a pink-haired holy knight. Um, oh, my favorite villain. Yeah, um, but yeah, like you said, then we're we're diving right into episode two. Uh, 
we get another little bit of a flashback. This is one month prior. Uh, it's actually the king of Leonis, who's Elizabeth's father, and he kind of instructs her. He's like, "Hey, you got you got to get out of here," because he knows that something something's fishy. Um, yeah, so, some kind of some kind of coup is getting ready to happen, and of course, and it goes back to making sense. Um, because I immediately, right off the bat, I got the vibe. I was like, oh, so the Holy Knights are just trying to overthrow the kingdom for some reason. Um, and I love how all that shit comes together later. Um, but, yes. So, yeah, she's telling him to leave, and she, she like, goes through, um, there's, like, an entrance or, like, a secret exit or something in, in the back. I can't remember. Yeah, she escapes, and uh, we don't really see her, obviously, for a little bit. But, obviously, now she's with Meliodas, so she's found her first sin. Um mm-hmm. And the crews, they're on their way. They arrive at this village. It's called Vanya Village. Um, mm-hmm. Meliodas, this is where he gives Liz- Elizabeth the, like, super, oh. like, skimpy, like, uh, waitress outfit. Yep. It's, and it's such a weird outfit. Mismatched shoes, one stocking. It's it's like, <laughs> she's like a homeless hooer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the townspeople, their their water supply is dry. Um, and there's like, a, it's kind of like a sword in the stone kind of. Yeah, which I thought was a really neat, um, you know, nod to that. But this isn't that good because uh, the the town's water supply has been cut off by this, uh, by this sword. Yeah, and apparently like a holy knight has placed it there. Um, yep. And you learn here that only a, um, that only a holy knight can wield a holy weapon mm-hmm. which i think is really really cool yeah they kind of meet up with this little boy um our man mead or a little fella mead yeah. he's like a little orphan boy yeah and he's talking about how he's friends with the seven deadly sins uh and they kind of invite him back to the tavern and kind of question him a little bit um mm-hmm. and then meliotis he ends up actually just pulling the sword from the ground which you kind of saw coming yeah i mean at least i did um mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, and then there's some like some uh, they're not well, cool. I like the they're not like holy when, knights. Um, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was gonna say I like the that was a really cool scene too when uh you know there you're watching the whole village I, I, and if I'm getting ahead, stop me. But like the whole village tries to pull this fucking sword out. Yeah. Um, and you have like two uh, knights. I don't know if they're holy knights or if they're like holy knight apprentices, whatever. But they're just sitting there drinking. Having and, a good time. They're just laughing yeah. at him. Yep, and then that's when Meliodas comes by, just pretty much takes the beers out of their hand and just pulls the sword out himself. And um, I can't remember. Once he has it, doesn't he just like – no, he doesn't chuck this. No, he just he – no, he, he, he gives it to the guys to – that's later. He yeah. gives it to the two knights and, like, and they, that's when they haul ass back to um, uh, the, the guy we saw in the first episode. Yeah, and he's revealed by the name of Gil Thunder, uh, and he is a holy knight. <laughs> yeah, dude, love this guy. Yeah, and he's like, he says some stuff like, "Oh, he it he he has returned," or he's he's talking about Meliodas, like he knows yep. of him, um, mm-hmm. and he like launches this spear. Dude, this part's so sick. He just fucking chucks this bitch. Yeah, and Meliodas like senses it. Um, mm-hmm. And like catches it and throws it back at him. Well, obviously they're like, I think he says they're like seven miles away or something like that. Yeah. Oh, and I love when he throws it back. It like just. Yeah, like destroys right, the like, tower that he's in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the group gets like a they get like a tip. Um. 
that uh-huh. that there there's a sin in the forest of white dreams. Um, uh-huh. So they kind of start heading that way. And then post credits, we see this giant woman, and she's just oh, yes. passed out in this forest, which obviously you can kind of assume is the forest of white dreams. Uh, oh, absolutely. But yeah, then and that's uh again, make sure you're watching the after credit scenes, or you would be so fucking lost. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the big moments of every episode seem to be in the after credits. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, moving right along, we're in episode three now. Um, mm-hmm. We get a little bit of get of uh, backstory on Gil Thunder. Um, mm-hmm. His father was actually like the leader. I think they refer to him as like the Grandmaster of the Holy Knights. The grand, yeah, the Grandmaster of the Holy Knights. And we and apparently he's been killed by the the seven deadly sins. Yeah, and, and this is the episode where you see like he's like fucking like strung up like pin cushion status like against the wall like swords and spears just run through. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's pretty messed up. Um, <laughs> he's dead, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we then we flash back to present time. Uh-huh. Our, our crew is is making their way through this this forest and they got Which these is pretty treacherous like nobody goes in there yeah we get a we get another little perverted scene where these like prankster uh-huh. imps show up and they're all clones <laughs> mm-hmm. and turns out like oh my god this part <laughs> was so fucking annoying how <laughs> meliotis found out that they were clone or which one was the real elizabeth because he like took her panties off or something it's like oh my god like... yeah it really takes you out of the out of the whole it does. Thing. I was like there's got to be a better way to do that right yeah like, there's gotta. Um, but, but then we're in, yeah. Then we're introduced to this giant woman uh, who is known as Diane. She's the serpent sin of envy. Um, yeah. And she's actually got like the hots for Meliodas. Um, Big time, and she is not happy when she sees uh, Elizabeth there with him. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but she uh, she eventually decides to join up with him and. Uh, kind of go for the go find the rest of the sins and try to get try to get the band back together really um yep well they don't get far before the fu- fucking lightning strikes and big homie gill thunder yeah he shows up and uh he's ready to kick some ass and chew bubble gum and cody he doesn't have any bubble gum yeah and uh elizabeth recognizes him uh and meliotis recognizes him too and uh mm-hmm we kind of get a little bit more of like some of the backstory with them. Um, but it seems like Meliodas, he kind of has like amnesia. He doesn't really remember what happened 10 years ago. Yep. And he's, he's very like, like just nonchalant about like, yep, don't remember. Yeah. And we get like a flashback scene of the sins walking in to find the grandmaster. Yep. Um, and, and like, they know right then and there, like it, it I, I like that part. Cause like the, the, the mood definitely changes because they know, that they're about to be blamed for this. Right. You see like people like at the castle, like mm. hollering and causing, a, causing a ruckus. Um, a hoot nanny, some would call it. But anyhow, uh, Gil Thunder actually lands a, a, what seems like a fatal blow on Meliodas. Um, oh, yeah. and that's where we get the credits. And then obviously credit scene or post credit scene. Um, Gil Thunder kind of, He's talking about some of the other sins. He's like, "Oh, this one's dead. This yeah, one's he's like, un- one's captured and one's dead." Yeah, one's captured, one's dead, and the other three are still at large. Um, and then we see our boy Meliodas. He's he goes, well, well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> he just gets up, like stretches the back, and is like, "We'll see you." Yeah, and uh, this that brings us so great. right in episode four. Uh, like you said, it turns out he was just toying with him to kind of get some information about his comrades. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where uh, Diane just fucking. <laughs> 
heaves oh. Gil Thunder, like fucking just chucks him. Uh, and they kind of just go on their way. They're on their way to uh, Boste Prison to find uh, to find Bond. Uh, yep. Yeah. Which Bonds are again so far? Like I, I like every character we've been introduced to so far. I absolutely like Elizabeth. Is kind of a wet sandwich, but you know, she she grows on me the more you learn about her and the more she kind of interacts with the uh, the sins. Yeah, she kind of grows a lot as the show goes on, but like oh, I believe it. I she believe still it. has like zero self respect for herself. But oh uh, my god, no! And we'll dive more into that. Trust me. Um, Do we have to? Uh, yeah, uh, then we see get a, a scene with like this kind of our, our your classic group of goons. They're known as the the Weird Fangs. They're another group oh, of holy dude, knights. I love the Weird Fangs. <laughs> um, but they're actually the ones that are watching over Bond's prison cell. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this it's a uh, where uh, they're in. There's a there's a uh, a town uh, that they. Yeah, they, Meliodas, like, passes out, um, mm-hmm. and they stop at this nearby town, uh, and they meet up with this guy. His name's Dr. Dana. Oh, Dr. Dana. Yeah, and they, he basically to attend to Meliodas' injuries. Um, yep, but as, I want to say as they're, as they're treating him, like, you find out that he's pretty much the one responsible for it. Yeah, he's actually not helping Meliodas at all. He's actually, like, I don't know if he's poisoning him or what it is. Um, yeah, he's poisoned him. Poisoned! Yeah, and then we get, like, one of the Holy Knights summons these, like, poisonous bugs. And they're, like, it's, they're basically spitting this, like, acid all over the town. It's really, like, destroying everything. Um, And Deanne kind of goes ham. She, like, we see some of her power. Like, she summons all these pillars out of the ground and pretty much just destroys all these bugs. That's, like, her main power. She can, like, she's almost like, 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 full metal alchemist in that regard that she can just... Yes, I know it's equivalent exchange of Full Metal Alchemist, but she's just making shit kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, Full Metal Alchemist likes to break that rule a lot too. Um, oh, of course they do. <laughs> uh, and then we're introduced to uh, Holy Knight Golgius. Uh, he's kind of like the leader of the Weird Fangs, um, uh-huh. and he, he's planning to take Elizabeth back to the kingdom. Um, that's pretty much where this episode ends. Uh, and then we mm. we get the post credit scene, which yet again it's another crucial scene to the episode. We see Bond. He escapes from his uh, his prison cell. Yeah, because he hears uh, he hears um, mention of Meliodas. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll break out now." Because yeah, turns out he's just been like kind of in there just for chilling. Yeah, just chilling, literally. Um, and we're introduced to Jericho. She she's like the knight that's watching over his uh, his cell and. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, the only thing we notice here is that Bond has a scar on his neck. Um, yep. Which kind of comes into effect here in a second. Um, mm-hmm. And then right along episode five, uh, we flash back. We're to, back to yeah. We're, we're Golgius fighting uh, fighting Meliodas here, and he um. Well, this is where you also find out here too that uh the doctor he was uh, he like they're they're fighting and like Golgius has he can like teleport or blink really, um and I know the doctor comes running down the street and he's like okay, I, I lived up to my end of the bargain. Will you let my daughter go? Or, you know, so you're thinking, okay, now it makes sense. He clearly was blackmailed into doing what he was doing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Golgius actually just cuts down Dr. Dana. Oh yeah. He gets nothing for his troubles. Yeah. And Meliodas kind of, he reads his, his ability and his ability is basically to like turn invisible. Um, mm-hmm. and Meliodas like tricks him into coming into this, like 
kind of old rundown like cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gogius like falls through the floor. Um, Got him. But uh, yeah, and then we see Diane or Deanne. I keep saying Diane. Sorry, it's spelled like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Deanne. Diane, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, she's like seeing things basically. Like one second she sees a holy knight and then it's Meliodas. And so she's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, one of these other holy knights is doing something. Um, she's seeing mm-hmm. like all these like illusions essentially. Um, yep. And then meanwhile, we see another uh, another holy knight appear before Bond. This is holy knight Jude. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jude. Uh, plans to kill him. Um, it's either Jude or Jade. I don't know. My writing's a little a little off here. Um, uh, it's Jude. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, just another Holy Knight. We get we're gonna get introduced to many and many as the series goes. No, on. it's like it's almost like there's a new one, um, every week. And apparently Jude was the one that was pretty much just, you know, while Bond was there, she would I don't know if they were he she would torture him or do whatever. Yeah, it kind of seems like Jude is the one that locked up Bond in the first place. Yeah. Um, and while this is all going on, we also see Meliodas and uh, this other knight, Ruin, who was the one that was behind the illusions. Uh-huh. They also begin fighting. So you get a lot of fighting going on all at once. Um, yeah, and, you're introduced to a lot of characters in, the, in these first five episodes. Um, yeah. And that's going to be kind of the theme. It's, it's mostly on, like, the villain side you're introduced. And I, I actually really like that because I, I like that this – that this Holy Knights is it's a, it, it is a full blown order, and I like I like that everyone we've met so far, than like the little goons, like the apprentices or whatever, they're all like unique, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big big fan of that. Yeah, they all they all have like some unique powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, moving right along to episode six, you got Diane. She's still seeing all these illusions. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, another Holy Knight. I don't know the name of this one, um, but she appears and she she summons some more of these insects. Um, oh, it's like it's like Frieza or Fre- <laughs> something. In, like in that. my mind, it reminded me like it, I want to say it was it's a Frasia, Frieza, Frieza, something like that. It's something like that. Um, this yeah. is where Elizabeth kind of stands up and she's like, "Hey, I'm going to protect these people with my life." And uh, um, the knight kind of uses that against her. She's like, "Oh well," she like surrounds this little boy with all these bugs. Uh, and Elizabeth uh, goes over to like help the boy and like fend off the bugs, and mm-hmm. it turns out it's just it's this holy night ruin, uh, just in disguise. Cause, cause, and you notice like the whole time, and I, I I thought something was up because every time you saw him, this little bell would ring. Yeah, you hear like a little chime in the background. Yeah, and it, it was it was actually on his like staff. There was like a bell on the end of his staff, and I was like, okay, well, the, the, this kid's clearly not. And especially like at this point, you see Meliodas and Dion like they're they're. Uh, they're they're seeing things and it's and it's like okay they're they're clearly under control and this uh that bell is like uh like the i don't know i'm trying like the tick that keeps it going that was the vibe i got or it could cut it off and on because they would sometimes see the holy knight and then sometimes they would see each other so yeah it's definitely in control of everything um and this is where we first see elizabeth kind of kind of go into hero mode here because she actually snatches the bell off of the staff um yeah which ends all yeah, the she, uh, she illusions. Puts her pants on here. Yeah, and then we see Meliodas. He kind of goes ham for a second, kills Ruin uh-huh. with just a punch to the gut. Yeah, oh my god, punches the shit out of him, <laughs> and like, like the fucking blood like comes out of his helmet. Yeah, it does that, Great. and then Diane like stomps the knight she was fighting. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
and then we flashed a band for or bond for a second and uh it turns out he's like what seems immortal at this point um because jude has stabbed him and he just kind of like laughs and just stabs him back yep um and then i think last the only one that's left now at this point out of these holy knights that we met uh is golgius um Mm -hmm. out of the the weird fangs yeah um, so the sins, they're, they've headed to Boste Prison because that's apparently where the doctor's daughter is also being held. So they yep. kind of two for one, save the daughter and free Bon. Um, and meanwhile, Golgius is outside. He like tries using like a like a sealing spell on the on Boste Prison. Um, mm. And uh, this is where they free the doctor's daughter, and then Bon kind of approaches and. Uh, him- I, I, I I like this scene because everybody's like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Yeah, and it turns it's out gonna be bad. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it turns out they just have a nice bro moment. They they're... fucking bro out so hard. It was great. <laughs> yeah, and they have like an arm wrestling match, and it actually like destroys Golgius' seal on the prison, yeah. destroys the whole entire prison itself. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, and then <laughs> it turns out that the doctor he, he survived his wounds somehow. We don't really get to see much into that. At least I don't remember seeing anything about it. Um, yeah, but they return his daughter to him, and he like. He like cooks them a meal and they like have like a little dinner party type thing. Yeah, like uh, like uh, they're all just hanging out outside. Uh, Deanne's like like drinking out of a barrel. It was really cool. It, it was it was just a nice lighthearted moment after you know they've all kind of reunited there. Yeah, we're kind of now we don't really know where they're off to next. Um, but then in the post credit scene, it's revealed that King, the guy that Gilthunder said uh-huh. was dead, uh, turns out he's actually alive, and it seems that he's like kind of working with Gil Thunder because Gil Thunder and him are both in the same room. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where this episode ends. Uh, so, Indeed. Yeah, right into episode seven. Uh, the crew gets a, a tip to head to this place called like the Necropolis. Um, yep. Because that's apparently where King died. Um, yep. And then we and, get... And uh, you, get, you get a lot of ban- uh, Bond's backstory in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. there's a lot of... Um, him he is he's he's looking for something and he's like constantly like climbing up this tree um and he when he gets there um he, he meets uh what is her name elaine elaine yep. um and through just various conversations you find out that up on top of this tree there's a essentially a fountain of youth um and every time he, he gets to the top elaine just just throws him right off gets back up to the top gets thrown right off like there's just kind of repeat he's like he's like singing to himself as he's climbing back up like like i don't know it was was really cool um that he he doesn't quit he just keeps going and like it it actually kind of elaine kind of becomes enamored by by this tenacity Mm -hmm. yeah throughout this episode and i think it's the next one we really get to see like a lot of bond's backstory um yeah and it also got revealed in the previous episode. I actually forgot to mention this. Um, but like 12 years prior, Bond got this scar from uh, Meliodas' sword. That's how he got the scar on him. Oh. Um, which will come into play later on. Uh, yep. But anyhow, they're they're at this town. Um, and they're trying to figure out how to get to this necropolis, like where it is. And there's like some little kids. Um, and Bond actually mistakes one of the kids for Elaine. Um, yep. Yep, because they're... Because um, like... The, the town's like super run down like the kids like sitting there 
like in a doorway or something like that. She just like fucking face plants or something like that. Yeah, it's like she's She's dehydrated or she hasn't had food or something. Um, And actually, Bond, he gets attacked by another boy. um, Mm -hmm. And he's talking like he knows him. um, And it's Meliodas and Deanne. They're like, hey, that's King. Um, Mm -hmm. Bond doesn't recognize him because King, he has like a a fat form and a skinny form, really. Um, Yeah. uh, But uh, King's actually like, man. King is such a cool character. I like I like his weapon first of all. I like the way he fights. He's got his giant little fucking pillow thing. Yeah, I like him. I, I like King a lot. Um, but once he sees Deanne, he actually like he runs away. Um, oh yeah, because he's got the fucking hots for Deanne. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they end up feeding the town's kids, and uh, the kids reveal that like to get into the necropolis, you have to have like a some kind of connection with like the dead or something like that. They they have to share they have to share a priceless memory with the dead. Yeah, so Bond kind of goes walking off on his own, and then he like has a memory of Elaine. Um, yeah, and then the, the whole crew gets transported uh, to the necropolis, and King he he follows close behind. Yep. Uh, and Bond sees Elaine like in this necropolis area. They basically have been transported to like another world. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the post credit scene, we kind of see this. Yeah, the two kids are sitting outside, like of where they enter the. the uh, they're like in a hole or something like that. Yeah, and, the, um, and this woman has has been following the our our, yeah. our cast of characters. Um, yep, and all we see is like a, a portion of her body, and we're like, oh, well, this is clearly another holy night. Yeah, he kind of already know. Um, mm-hmm. And that brings us right into episode eight. She actually like strangles the kids until they reveal how to get into the necropolis. Yeah, so fucked up. This this bitch is so hardcore. We're introduced to Gila. Yeah. She she's actually her and Gil Thunder might actually be my favorite two villains that I've met so far, because she is a fucking psychopath. Yeah, she's crazy. Um, but meanwhile, inside the necropolis, uh, King's following Bond, and uh, Bond still thinks that he's a fake. Um, and then. Mm-hmm. We find out some more backstory. King reveals that Elaine is actually his sister. Um, mm-hmm. And King believes that Bond's killed her. Um, yep. And he actually, like... And, uh, he, he actually... He casts, he like, a petrification spell on yep. him. Um, and then we kind oh, of man. flashback. We get introduced to Gila. Um, and she starts fighting with, like, Meliodas. And she actually is the first person that's recognized what Meliodas' ability is, which is called full counter and it's where he can kind of like defer any magical spell that's used against him he can counter it back to his enemies um mm-hmm. and while that fight's going on uh king kind of hears like i don't know if he senses his sister um but like we get a, a a glimpse of elaine and she actually like frees bond from his like petrification it's like her ghost or her spirit or whatever there is in the necropolis well, and I love in this episode. I love, and th- this this might be the moment in the show where like like I'm already liking the character, but this was the moment where I was like, oh shit, um, there are they 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 weren't just telling fucking tales about demons. There are actually fucking demons because pretty much this entire forest just it gets laid to waste by this massive fucking demon. Yeah, we, it's kind of it's diving back into the backstory with Bond and Elaine, and uh, uh-huh. like you said, this demon lays waste to like the fairy forest. Um, uh-huh. 
And Bond thinks he's going to make quick work of the demon. He, like, rips its heart out. Um, and Elaine's like, no. It's good. She, she goes to say that it has, like, more than one heart or something like that. And it, like, rips through her and oh, him. rips through him. Oh, yeah. Rips through both of them. So they're both, like, on the verge of death. And uh, they're kind of like, Elaine's like, oh, you need to drink the, the fountain of youth, like the water. And he's like, no, you drink it. Um and so she drinks it, and then, of course, she... Kisses she, him. Yeah, she kisses him and, like, pours it all into his mouth. Um, oh, and then at that point, he just, just... Well, he beats the shit out of the demon. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of flash back to present day because... Uh, and Bond joins the fight. Him and King yeah. kind of join in and well, help with the fight with Gila. Well, because that's the thing. Like, Gila is beating the shit out of uh Meliodas and Dion. Like uh Yeah, Gila's uh, Dion. Yeah, Gila oh, she's is beating the shit out of them. Yeah, and then uh that's kinda where this episode ends. Uh we get a post credit scene where we kinda see Elaine's dying moments. Um and she gives Bond like a seed of the forest, um and just asks asks him to plant it somewhere. Um mm-hmm. and like she also before she disappeared in the necropolis she she told King to like protect Bond or something. Gave him like a, a little yep. final farewell type thing. Yep. No, absolutely. And it's uh, and at that point, like, like King is starting to kind of come around on things. Um, I mean, like before that part took place, you kind of saw where King was like, "Okay, well, may- maybe this isn't how I thought it was." Yeah, because in his mind, Bond killed his sister. That's what he thought. Oh, absolutely. And then it kind of as 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 the episode goes along, we kind of get more and more of the backstory. Um, mm-hmm. and then episode nine, it's it's actually revealed that King is actually harley quinn who is the king of the fairies um yep and he's got this badass spear i think it's oh, cha- cha- chase foil or chase foil or something like yeah that. Um, but uh now this is what i was talking about earlier i love the fights here like i love and you see this more and more like meliotis deanne like they cannot touch gila like she is beating their ass like clean, like a handle ass whooping. But she can't fuck. She can't fuck with King. Like King gives her the handle ass whooping. Yeah, she's like, "You guys can go ahead and attack me four on one." Or she says something snarky, remark like that, and he's like, "No, nah, we'll just do one on one. That's fine." <laughs> oh yeah, and she just immediately just realizes she out, out is outclassed. By the way, you know one thing we skipped over. The way she was able to get into like the, the the necropolis, she pretty much just like stabs herself with yeah. her gauntlet. Yeah, I love her line in this episode. She's like, "Just make it worth it. I killed myself to get here, <laughs> something yeah. like that." Yeah. Um, but yeah, King King beats her pretty bad, and they all kind of get transported back to the real world. Uh, and then for a brief moment, we flash back to the kingdom of Leonis, um, and we're introduced to the two newest grandmasters of the Holy Knights, which is Dreyfus. Yep. Uh, and Hendrickson. Hendrickson, yeah. Um, and this is where you see, like, because they're talking and you kind of see this courtyard full of all these, like, uniquely armored knights. And I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. I, it is exactly how I thought it was. All these characters are unique. But there's some there's some shit happening in this episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's some, uh, some bad apples in the bunch. Um, we also are introduced to Hauser for the first time. And I know I talked about it before the podcast. He's voiced by Ray Chase, which uh, mm-hmm. he voiced Noctis. So he's, he's obviously one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, we're introduced yep. to all, uh, all these knights. Um, and we kind of flash back to the crew 
Mm. Uh, Gila's been defeated, but she's not dead. They, her like boss, kind of has her like they tied her up to a tree and yeah. uh, and like drew a face on her. Um, <laughs> yeah, they pretty much drew dicks all over her face. They weren't dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And her, uh, I forget who, what her. Um, I can't remember what her little boss's guy's name is. Yeah, but um, um but he's like, oh, it's not that bad actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, King he suggests he he kind of asks the whole. The other three sins. He's like, "Hey, where are you guys' sacred treasures? Which are like these, these items or these weapons? We don't really know at this point." Um, and he's like, "Well, they, you're only like a portion of your true strength without them." Yeah, and they all are just like, <laughs> Bond's like, "Well, mine was stolen." <laughs> Deanne's like, oh, "I lost mine," and Melia's <laughs> like, "Fucking sold mine." Yeah. Um, so I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so King King kind of suggests that they should go and locate those. Um, and then we, we kind of flash back to Hendrickson. Uh, this is what I said, like when I said Bad Apple. Um, and he's got uh, old boy Twiggo and uh, Jericho. Jericho. The night now, w- what's cool about this, um, before I didn't mean to cut you off, no, here, you're good. But, like, what's cool about this is you've got these two grandmasters, um, and it's immediately learned that both of them are kind of taking a different stance on this whole Holy Night thing. And that's revealed here. This was a big fucking moment for me. Um, this was the second time where I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm fucking in. Because um, Hendrickson is like, well, you know, if you want, do you do you want to be more powerful? Like he pretty much like presents Twigo and Jericho like, do you want to unlock your full power, your full potential? And he's like, well, he has them drink the blood from the fucking demon that was killed by Bond in the fairy forest. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, it explains everything. Yep. And uh, so he he hands him the cups of blood. um, And we we come back to that in the post-credit scene. uh, But we quickly, we flash to... The, the crew has arrived at this, like, mountainside town. I think it's called Vizel, is how you pronounce it? Uh, Vizel, yeah. Uh, and there's, like, a there's like a fighting festival competition type thing. Of course there is. It's an anime. There's got to be some kind of tournament somewhere. Oh, of course. And the main prize, of course, is uh, Deanne's Sacred Treasure, which is, like, a... They call the it a Warhammer Gideon. Gideon. Yeah, the Warhammer Fucking Gideon. Mighty Mjolnir coming from the mountain. <laughs> Um, so, so the crew signs up for that, and then in the post credits, we flash back to uh, Twiggo and Jericho, and they drink the demon blood. Doesn't end so well for old Twiggo. Yeah, Hendrickson says something like, "Oh, at least one of them is compatible," or something like that. Yeah, because well, they kind of tell you right off the bat that um, that I want to say he even he mentioned that before that there's a chance that you might not be compatible, right. but it, do you want to risk it? And they're both just like, well, "Glug glug 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 glug." Yeah, and it, yeah, they kind of they kind of tease you that you think that it might be Jericho that's the one that's not compatible because she's like throwing up blood. Um, but then, mm-hmm. old boy Twiggo just gets gigantic oh. and explodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Yikes. Yeah, so Hendrickson's doing some crazy experiments uh, to build up this this crazy strong army. Um, yep, yeah, and it it, ex- it explains some of the because. I feel like, especially after meeting, because we met Hauser in this last episode, he seems a lot more even keel mm-hmm. than like fucking Gila. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it seems so like that, how, it that seems told like Hauser. Right off the... 
it seems like Hauser and Gilthunder are like working under Dreyfus. Yes. And then, yeah, Gila definitely seems like somebody that came from Hendrickson's side. Yeah, and it's not, it seems to me that like Gilthunder and Hauser, like they're just like they they have their convictions. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for the reasons that they have. Like Gilthunder, obviously, he wants to avenge his father. And I think Gilthunder's power, at least you know from what I can gather so far, that's just natural. Like that, he's not he's not cutting corners. He's not you know sucking on the teat of a demon. <laughs> he's just that's just where that's just his power level. Same thing with Hauser. Like he strikes me as a person who he, I don't know. I, again, this is just from the short time you've met him, and you see a lot more of that in this episode coming up, uh, which is what episode ten is where we're at. Yeah, episode ten. Yeah. Um, because you do see uh, in these next couple episodes, you see Hauser actually being pretty even keel, pretty honorable. Um, so it strikes me is that he he thinks what he's fighting for is is right. You yeah. know what I mean? Almost like blissfully ignorant in a sense. Well, yeah, because as far as him and Gilthunder are concerned, they believe that the sins overthrew the kingdom and yep, and killed, killed yeah, and killed Gilthunder's father and all the Horn Knights and all that stuff. Um, Where it's str- quickly starting to be pieced together that Hendrickson is the one who's trying to like create a new order kind of thing. But you know, we'll see how all that unfolds. That's right. And uh, but in the meantime, we've got our anime tournament to get to. That's right. And uh, before we get into that, we see a brief scene of Diane or Diane and Elizabeth. Uh-huh. And they like find this giant mushroom and it like spits out this gas. <laughs> and then, yeah. of course, we don't get to see the end of that until a little bit later. Um, but yeah, we got the Vizel Fighting Festival. Uh, and you kind of have like that initial, like, uh, sort of like a fight. Not really much of a fight. We kind of well, cut. It's like a battle royale yeah. kind of to, to pretty much. It's, it's, it's literally the Royal Rumble and you're just trying to get to your, 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 your eight, you know, your top eight. You're, yeah. you're having you got your your, your giant swish round. Yeah. You're just trying to get to top eight. Yeah, it, I mean you see this in a lot of animes. I know they did it in like Dragon Ball when they had like the World uh, Martial Arts Tournament. Yeah, Where, and they did it in uh, My Hero Academia. They do all that. Yeah, they do that shit all the time. Even Afro Droid participated in one of these. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. They yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho did it. They all fucking do it. Uh, but yeah, we we <laughs> we cut to the top eight, and uh, we also see King. King makes the top eight, and he recognizes Hauser, who's also in the top eight. Uh, he recognizes yep. him as a holy knight because he was around Gilfunder. Uh, by the way, King barely makes the top eight. Yeah. He just has his little fucking pillow thing that like kept him from going over. Yep. And then, uh, let's see. Then we see what's the guy? Is well, it Griamore? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the big muscular guy with the little head. Yeah, he's having this match against like this lady, and she's wearing the the same outfit that Elizabeth usually wears. Yeah, and th- th- I was thrown for a loop here. I was like, I didn't miss anything, right? Like Elizabeth didn't walk with them and says that she's fighting in the tournament, but you also see that like that her hair is dark. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe this. I and you know, not putting two and two together right off the bat, I was like, oh, what, maybe this is like a former employee of the tavern who <laughs> who just wants to get revenge against Meliodas. Like that. That was my first thought. Yeah, and this this mysterious woman, she ends up knocking uh, Griamore out of out of the ring and winning her match. And, oh, beats uh, the shit out of him like pretty handily. And when she lands her final blow, like her hat falls off, and it turns out it's Diane or Deanne, mm-hmm. but she's in like human form. Yeah, and then we kind of <laughs> this part was so fucked up because uh, like Meliodas didn't even recognize her, and she was so pissed. 
Yeah, and it turns out that the mushroom, the gas that it dispersed, had actually turned, it shrunk Deanne and Elizabeth. So now Deanne was human size, and Elizabeth is like Barbie doll size. And of course, she's resting oh. safe and sound in uh, Deanne's cleavage. Uh. Right there in the bosom. Yeah, I was just like, of course, that's where she's at. Why yeah. wouldn't she be? Yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> Uh, and then let's see, Hauser he wins his match. Oh, uh, yeah, he, he beats the champ. He beats the former champ. Like, yeah, yeah, the three-year running guy or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then we kind of get a, a, a scene with Princess Veronica, who's actually, I think she's the middle sister. Mm-hmm. Um, with her and uh, Gre- uh Greenmore. Yeah, and uh, they're searching for Elizabeth. Um, a lot of stuff's happening here while these fights are going on. Uh, King ends up losing to this uh, this drunk old dude, basically. Oh my god! Because like they're like, oh yeah, King King's pretty weak without his weapons. Yeah, because of course in this fighting tournament they can't use weapons. Um, yep. But yeah, and then the episode ends with uh, Meliodas and Bond squaring up to each other because they're the final match of the top eight. Oh, of course, of course. Um, and this is, and of course, I, I want to say I don't remember if it's the post credit scene, but they they pretty much let Howis, uh well. Let's see here. Did we? They uh, okay. Ver- that's right. We're, this is still the first round. This is still the first round. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. How's of course because Veronica and um, them they revealed that those are members of the Seven Deadly Sins that are in the tournament. And Hauser's mm-hmm. like, wait, really? Like he he kind of he's excited. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, moving right along to episode eleven, uh, we get a, a flashback of how like Meliodas and Bond originally met. Um, mm-hmm. And Bond actually was arrested. This is way back. This is right after he had burned down the Fury Forest. Um, yep. So he's locked up then as well. And it Fucking turns out bird, man. they've tried to execute him 33 times. Um, and we're kind of just get a little, just a little teaser of how they, those two met. Because um, mm-hmm. it seems like Bond is pretty much just completely immortal. And that's obviously from drinking the. From yep. the fountain of youth. Um, yeah, because you, and you've seen throughout every time he gets shot or, or shot, every time he gets stabbed, like the the wound is just heal up immediately. Yeah, and him uh, and him and Meliodas have a pretty sweet fight here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually a really good fight. So I mean, I I I, I don't mind the fights in this episode. I, you know, as much as I as much as I hate the the trope of fucking like there being a tournament, mm-hmm. sometimes you get some really cool fight scenes. Yeah, I think all the fight scenes in the show are really good. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Although they seem to be less important than the stuff going on in the background a lot of the times. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And this is another one. Like this, this is literally just a means for them to try to get uh, Deanne's weapon. Right, and it seems like Bond's got Meliodas down, um, and then it kind of flashes Meliodas that crest reappears that appeared at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like, on his head, yeah. He like launches bond and like there's like 10 holes in the guy's body like he's he's pretty messed up oh yeah but of yeah, course he's out of it he heals back up in no time um yep moving right along we have uh deanne versus hauser yeah which uh this is actually a really cool fight because like hauser wants to like he's like i don't i mean i don't want to hit a woman like he's very <laughs> like gentlemanly about it yeah but at the same time like he knows that this is a member of the Seven Deadly Sins, so like, yeah. So he definitely wants to scrap, but he's like, "Fuck, well, I don't want to do it like this, or I don't want to like go all out." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she ends up defeating him. 
Um, we kind of also get a little bit of backstory that it's Hendrickson. Oh, yeah, she hits him with the fucking heavy metal, like which I thought yeah. was really cool. That uh, he has like he creates these two tornadoes, and then like launches her up in the air, and they're all saying like, "Oh man, if one foot goes off the ground, she's done." And of course, she fucking flies up, and then she like turns into Colossus real quick from the X Men and just crashes <laughs> right onto Hauser. Yeah, and uh, we also get a, a brief moment where we see that Hendrickson's actually the one that put up uh, Deanne's uh, her hammer or her what's it called a mm-hmm. Gideon. It turns out he was yeah, the one. Gideon, yeah. He was the one that actually he did that to lure them uh, to this town's fighting festival. Oh, ah, the plot so, thickens. So, yeah, so he's up so. to no good. Um, and then we go into Meliodas versus Kane, who was the old drunk guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kane knows who Meliodas is, and he's like questioning him. He knows he's he. He brings up that Meliodas killed Liz, who's a character we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet, um, and that he betrayed the the people of the Kingdom of Leonis, and obviously, mm-hmm. like. He doesn't like Melios says like he didn't do this stuff. Um, but it's kind of, I don't know it's kind of weird because we don't know the full story on that because Meliodas doesn't remember a lot of it. But he's like, hey, I didn't betray anybody. Um, and Kane's like, wait, you didn't believe him? Or like he he just like I don't know he just believes him off of like what he just says. That. Yeah. Um, and it turns out Kane's like a former holy knight. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's like an integrity issue. Like, I don't think he's lying. I would know if he's lying mm-hmm. kind oh. of thing. Yeah, so and he, that's the vibe I got. Yeah, and he forfeits the match, um, mm-hmm. which leads us into the final, which is Meliodas versus uh, Deanne. Good old Deanne, yeah. And then we get a sweet scene here, Chris. We got Gila and the the newly powered up Jericho. They're, they're on <laughs> with, with her new duds on, too. She's <laughs> not afraid to be a woman now. Yeah, they got another Holy Knight with them, too. Uh, and they're on their way to Vizel. <laughs> and they're on... Because they are flying on these flying stingrays, is what they ah, look fucking, like to me. Uh, Steve Irwin rolling over <laughs> in his grave right now, sir. I swear, man. Um, and then, in our post credit scene, we, we, we've we seen this green-haired kid kind of walking around the town, like, reading books and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And then it kind of, it shows him reading to like what seems like a demon. Uh, and then it says, then we just get a scene where it flashes to the the wanted sign for Gother, the seven deadly sin. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, is that Gother? We don't really know at this point. Yeah, fucking Gother. What kind but, of name is Gother? It's like, it's almost like Gunther. Are you Gunther or are you Gozer? Get it right. Yeah. Um, but you can't be both. Just it's another... like being a, it's like being Tristan. Are you Tristan or are you Justin? Get it right. <laughs> yeah. Pick one. Uh, but it's another like kind of cliffhanger post credit scene, mm-hmm. uh, which brings us, Chris, we're into our final episode, episode twelve. Indeed, and this episode is fucking gas. Yeah, it's actually a good point to stop at at the end of this episode. Oh, absolutely, so, uh, dude! I I almost kept watching. Yeah, it kinda, I wanted to see more, and I was like, it, nope, 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 got to stop myself, got to stay on pace. Yeah, it's weird how naturally these things kind of come up, and uh, but anyhow, mm-hmm. going into it, we got Deanna and Meliodas. They start to fight. Um, I think pretty much suddenly stop out of nowhere and Meliodas is like talking to the townspeople. He's like, everybody needs to get out of here or I'm going to yeah, kill or, or I'll kill, yeah. Yeah, and then like all the other, like King and Bond jump in and they're like, we're the seven deadly sins. And all the townspeople are like, kind of like, wait, what? What's going Whatever, on? Whatever, yeah. He's... And it turns out, then... yeah, they've sensed Gila and Jericho are, are there. Um, and, and then just fucking explosions, just <laughs> fucking fireballs coming left and right. 
Yeah, pretty much chaos and students here. Um, Jericho uh-huh. attacks Bond. Gila attacks Meliodas. Um, and they're—I mean, they—they they kind of beat the snot out of Bond and Meliodas. Um, oh, absolutely. That's and that dude. That goes back to what I'm saying, man. Like, I feel like they just can't. Fly, well, like Jericho can keep doing what she's doing, but like she's not going to kill Bond. Just right. really, just kind of piss him off. But like Meliodas can't do shit in his current state against Gila. Like, just can't do shit to her. Thankfully, our boy King's there. Um, oh, yeah, and King, and King fucking, King lights them both up yep. again. Like, and like, they even try to like double team him, and he's like, y'all ain't got shit on me. Yep. And then, um, uh, but this is also the episode where there's a, a scene with How, where, um, with Hauser, um, Deanne's like asking him to like, hey, you know, like help evacuate people or something like that, and like, I, I, I can't remember how that scene actually played out, but, like... Yeah, like, there's, there's I, like, a townsperson that's, like, hurt, and she's trying to aid yeah. him. Uh, and then the other night that showed up with Jericho and Gila, I don't remember his, his name. I think his name... is. It, I have the name Hellbrand written down here. Okay. Uh, I think that's who it is. Um, but it's, like, a knight, and he, like... He, make, he casts a spell on Deanne that makes her, like, super heavy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's still human size at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is like, you kind of see that Hauser's kind of a stand-up guy because Deanne like throws the townsperson to him yep. before she falls down in like this this crevice that's opened up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah and then, she's pretty much out of commission there. Yeah, and then we flash to Elizabeth for a second. Uh, Hawk's trying to get her out of there, um, and she and, actually. And that's kind of been his his whole shtick in this show so far. Like when when shit goes down, like Elizabeth is to hop on Hawk's back and just get the <laughs> fuck away. That's yeah. pretty much. And that's why we haven't really talked about it much because it's literally the same thing in every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but she actually returns to full size right as her sister Veronica and Graham are are passing by. Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, and we got a lot lot of stuff going on here. Uh, it's revealed that Graham is actually Dreyfus's son. Um, yep. So one of the grandmasters of the Holy Knights. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously they're there to get Elizabeth back to the to the kingdom. Uh, and Veronica, she actually has like this this like pendant thing with a stone on it. Um, yeah, it's like it's like the purple, almost like a giant like jewel. Yeah, like an amethyst looking type stone. Um, mm-hmm. And she actually captures Meliodas in it, like a like a pokeball basically. Yeah. Um, which uh, which was weird because then it cuts to a little scene about how like how that. Uh, it was Hendrickson who was like this you know th- if the person's evil you'll be able to capture them in this which I'm thinking that's bullshit it doesn't matter how they are it's going to capture whoever you try to capture if you say like the incantation or whatever yep and then uh, we see the referee that we had for the, the whole fighting tournament is actually mm-hmm. revealed to be Hellbrand um, yep and that's uh, that's Gila's uh, that's Gila's bot yeah and yeah. he, he recognizes King. He knows King because he calls him by Harley Quinn, like his actual name. Yeah. And, th- and this goes back to what I was saying. Like, this guy beats the shit out of King. Yeah. Like, the other people can't touch King, but this guy's going to beat the shit out of King. So I wonder if, like, Meliodas or Bond would beat the shit out of this guy. You know what I mean? I like how – I guess what I'm saying is I like how in this show is that, like, they're – like. As of right now, as of right now, I'm sure things will change. Meliodas is the leader for a reason, um, which we kind of see maybe a little bit of that in this episode. But I like the fact that not every character is equipped 
to beat the other character. Now, granted, yes, they don't have their weapons, they don't have their you know their real strength, but I like the fact that just because you know they're these these powerful you know sins or knights or whatever that they can just lay waste to anybody like these 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 holy knights are also very very powerful but there again it goes back to like this one's better matched against this one i I like how there's like almost like matchups in a sense and i think that's really really cool yeah i agree i like that it's not like you know the typical like okay goku saves the world yeah exactly like Like, king King, king, to fight this king's doing all this work like king's Beating all the people that are taking out Bond and all them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Jericho and Gila arrive to like kind of help out with Veronica and Grimoire. Because um, mm-hmm. Bond's arrived and he's trying to protect Elizabeth, but he can't. Like it's too much for him to handle. Um, yep. And uh, Gila, like you can tell that she is definitely on the evil side. Well, yeah, because like Veronica's like, all right, well whatever i don't know what you you're here to do but i'm here to take her back uh, veronica's like i'm here to take her back to the kingdom and he was like no no we got it don't worry about it no we're, we're here to take her we, we've got our job to do and she's a part of it so we're gonna take her and veronica's like how about fuck that this is what i'm here to do so so you can definitely tell there's some ul- ulterior motives here on 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 the gila jericho side yeah the gila jericho side obviously coming from hendrickson and then yep Veronica and Gria more coming from uh, Dreyfus. Um, yep. But Elizabeth kind of tries to run away. Yeah. Excuse me. Had those beer burps again. Um, and uh, yeah, Veron- so Elizabeth Ver- Veronica's, oh, go ahead. Veronica's chasing after her. And uh, this whole time we've seen Gila use like these uh, uh, sort of like landmines, these like explosions that she, she cast out. It's like one of her powers that she has. Mm-hmm. Um well, it turns out that she has landmines all over the place, and uh, as Veronica's chasing Elizabeth, they actually step on one, and Veronica kind of shoves Elizabeth like to prevent the explosion yeah. from hitting her. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, she fucking she fucking dies here. Yeah, and uh, she kind of gives one final order to Griamore because uh, he's like her protector. Yep. Uh, and it gives her him a final order to protect Elizabeth, and then she she dies. Um, yeah. Which, and uh, that is not a, not a good look. Elizabeth is not happy. Now, um, I know fucking Hawk and Grimoire also get fucking rocked by some mines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he dies. I know he collapses. Yeah, it, it's kind of... We don't know yet, I don't think. Uh, yeah. But I'd be willing to bet because of his, uh, his bulk. I'd be willing to bet that he could probably take one or two of those mines before and not die from it. Yeah, and... Uh... Elizabeth, she's she's crying. She's freaking out. Obviously, your sister just died. Oh, yeah. She's not happy. And she's like, Meliodas, please come help. Kind of just like a cry for help. And then, of course, you see the stone, and the stone's, like, shaking and cracking, and then Meliodas breaks out, and uh, he's kind of got, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Naruto, but he's got, like, the curse mark from Sasuke, or, like... Oh, yeah. You've seen it in, like, a couple different animes. He's got these crazy marks all over his body, and... Uh, yeah. It's, like, almost like his whole right side of his body is, like, this black kind of empty and he looks pissed yeah like you know he's coming to fuck some shit up um but of course chris that's where episode 12 ends and uh oh and what a great place to end this first arc or this for these first 12 episodes holy shit cody i am very much invested in what's going on yeah yeah I, i absolutely love it um 
obviously we have our gripes uh, but what were, what were your pro takeaways like what did you think so far like what do you like um like i said overall i really really am invested in the story um the characters the characters and the way they interact with each other i really like outside of like the super weeby shit but like i really really like again it goes back to like how the villains interact with the heroes i like that they're like the heroes just aren't better than all the villains and all the villains are unique and some are better suited against this um against this sin versus another um it's it's very smart to me i I like how that there's that uniqueness there um and again i i i I like the building of these characters i like how we haven't met all you know we're 12 episodes in and we've only met four of the sins yeah maybe a fifth one so it's like like I'm all I'm all about the pacing. I think it's very well paced as well. And uh like I said, uh this is the first time uh since we've been doing this that I, I started watching ahead and I was like, Oh, I gotta stop. Yeah, with a cliffhanger but, like that, it's kinda tough. Um Yeah, oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to find out what's going on because I think this is where we're gonna see some of I guess why he's why he has the sin of wrath, because I feel like that's what that mark is. Clearly it's the wrath side coming out. Yeah, I'm definitely excited uh, to to dive into the second half of this. Um, but obviously, well, what about you, Cody? What did you What did you like from the first twelve episodes? What's your uh, What's your kind of What was your initial? And I know you've seen this before, but like, what was your initial reaction when you saw it? Oh man, I love it. I think it's great. Um, like you said, the weed parts are the worst parts. Um, <laughs> and to- aren't they fucking always? Like the story is way too good. Like this could probably be like in my top five anime if that wasn't uh-huh. in it. Um, and I know there's some people that like love that stuff, like the fan service stuff, and like, uh, it's not something I'm a big fan of. It's something that I just deal with because, like, well, y- y- yes, it, it's like, yes to enjoy a I'm lot so of really good anime. Like, way. like to enjoy a lot of really good anime, you got to deal with like, okay, so every girl in this anime is gonna have huge tits. All right, cool, got it. Like, fine, and they're gonna yeah. There's fine. there's no reason for it though, but like. The story. I, I like titties. I'm like, a man. I love titties, but it's just like I don't need it all like in my face all the time. Yeah, and like the story carries itself enough, and Hawk adds plenty of comic relief to yes. where like the weeb parts aren't needed at all. Yeah, the the weeb the weeb parts are just a little. It's a little too over the top. And again, I don't mind. I don't mind it in in small doses, mm-hmm. but. It's just it, it's too much all the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the cast is great. Um, whether you watch yep, the English it, dub or yeah, I'm going English dub. I think yeah. I like the English voices a lot. Yeah, I, I enjoy the English voices. You'll recognize a lot of them. Um, same with the Japanese mm-hmm. voices. This is a pretty big, big main. Obviously, it's like one of the first Netflix original animes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it was one of the first ones I remember. I know there's like Knights of Sidonia and yeah. maybe a few others, but like. This seems to be like the the breakout hit, really. Um. No, it's it's good. Uh, again, I, I'm 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 liking the discovery aspect of you know what we're doing with with this podcast. I, I it's been on my list since it came out, and I'm just now watching it for the first time. So I like that I'm kind of discovering things for the first time, and really falling again. I am a I'm a fucking sucker for high fantasy in any medium, and anime is a great place for it yeah absolutely i totally agree um 
But yeah, that, that wraps up our, our review portion of this episode. Uh, yeah, so next week we're going to do 13 through 24, right? Yeah, 24, yeah. Oh, we're gonna finish, yeah, we're going to finish the season. Yeah, finish up season one. Um, but Chris, before we wrap up today, uh, we got we got a question for, for us. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is, what is your favorite genre of anime? Oh, well, that's, that's actually really fucking convenient. Um, <laughs> it, it's tough, right? Because... I, I again, some of my favorite animes fall under the the high fantasy category. Um, some of the ones, some notable ones are Record of Lotus War. Um, I consider Berserk high fantasy because because of the setting it takes place in, even though it has more of like a gothic kind of overtone to it. But it's definitely more like gothic high fantasy. Um, but I also really like the deep like cyberpunk stuff too. Like I'm a again like Ghost in the Shell. Um, the um, I'm a fan of the like the Blade Runner anime short that they did, um, Dominion Tank Police. I'm a, I, again, I love like uh, Akira, like crazy like '80s neon cyberpunk type stuff. But I also love high fantasy. So I, I'd have to say I'd give it. I'd have to give those two the nod. Um, if I had to pick a least favorite, even though that wasn't part of the question, but I'm just going to add it anyway. My least favorite is probably the slice of life stuff. I don't, I don't like the animes that have so much of like a contemporary setting, um, it, but it, I like it, it. But if it can meld with something that I like, uh, the perfect example of this, I love Escaflone. It blends like the modern, contemporary, you know, normal characters with this amazing high fantasy like alternate world that the that she interacts with. So. Like I'm fine with it in that regard, but yeah, slice of life stuff usually doesn't do it for me. Except Great Teacher Onizuka, but I don't know if I would consider that like a slice of life anime. Um, but Great Teacher Onizuka is definitely like one of my favorites, and it kind of breaks that exception. You know, it's the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. What about you, Cody? Do you have a favorite uh, genre of anime? I think it's it. It probably has to be some sort of fantasy. Um, what, mm-hmm. Like, what do we consider Full Metal Alchemist? Is that fantasy? Like. I'd consider that more. Uh, that's almost more like steampunky, I would say. I say I really like Full Metal Alchemist. There's a lot of like yeah, fantasy type too. anime. Like I like Blood Plus. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen that. I like Blood Plus mm-hmm. a lot. I know a lot of it, but I've never seen it. Uh, I enjoy like a lot of shonen animes. Like I love Naruto and Dragon Ball Z. Sure. Um, but I don't. I don't enjoy those as much as I like. Like the the anime with like a rich story. Um, well, and that's why I really gravitate to anime too, man. Like, I like anime has some of the best storytelling in any medium. Oh, absolutely! Like, and not to say that like Dragon Ball and stuff like that doesn't have like a good story. It just takes, it, it you know, it's it's dry, it's drug out like the whole time and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't need ten episodes of somebody powering up and screaming. Like, you can really condense that down mm-hmm. into one episode and just just take take us where we need to go. Like, I'm all about the journey. But you know, I'm not. I'm not going to England in a rowboat. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, with Death Note being my favorite, I, I like the mystery mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but there's yeah, not. There's not a lot of it. At least I haven't seen a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of maybe like Death Note and Monster, a little bit of Monster is. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I'd probably say fantasy is probably my my top my top choice. Yeah, like, I, I know you haven't seen it, but, like, stuff like Record of Lotus War, like, anything that makes me feel like I'm engaging in a JRPG mm-hmm. without having to play one, like, it's a nice, you know, it's, it's 
it's I don't know. No, except for like there's it, just something about it. I draw the line at Sword Art Online. Um, yeah, I'm not. That's not. That me. is that is a horrible anime. Um, so if there's yeah, any any fanboys or fangirls or you know um, that anime sucks, and, <laughs> and <laughs> straight up that first. that's what that is the reality. We'll probably nominate it eventually, and uh, and we're gonna have to fucking suffer through it. Yeah, that's when I'll break out the whiskey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I fucking heard that. Heard that. Uh, but I also, I, on a side note, I also really enjoy some of like the like comedy animes. Like I, I don't know if you've ever seen School Rumble. Um, I have not, dude. It's hilarious. Uh, just well, like, that's how, that's just because it's like a, a, light, a lighthearted comedy watch. Um, well, that's how I'd consider uh, GTO, Great Teacher on Izuka. Mm-hmm. I would almost consider that more of a comedy. Um, so I, I guess yeah, that's why I say I don't think that's a slice life. But no, I I, I do enjoy comedy um, animes. Um, I just feel like they have to be done right and they have to be like not super like weep the fuck out and a lot of times they can be and I hate that shit yeah unfortunately that that kind of does come with it sometimes uh, no absolutely it's almost like absolutely like I throw on sitcoms a lot of the time as like background noise or something like that while I'm doing other stuff um, mm-hmm. and like a nice kind of comedic like doesn't take itself way too seriously anime those are always nice too um, absolutely uh, so I, I want like Family Guy, the animation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want something. I want something like that that I could just throw on in the background and chuckle from time to time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like like I love a lot of genres of anime. I don't necessarily have like one particular favorite. Um, uh huh. But I don't really have like a least favorite either. I've never really dove into like the romancey anime. Um, mm-hmm. But I know there's a bunch like I know people love like Clannad and like mm-hmm. all kinds of romancey anime. So I, I'm sure I'll, we'll eventually get into some of that. Um, yeah, and again, that's stuff I'm not really a fan of. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I like you, I haven't done a deep dive. It's because I don't really care to. But you know, if stuff gets nominated, I'll definitely watch it just to you know try it on for size. Again, I'm I'm discovering things that I like. Like I'm really really glad that Seven Deadly Sins won the the poll last week because um, I am absolutely in love with this show. I'm in love with these characters. Um, fucking weeb shit aside. I think so far this is this has checked a lot of boxes for me, um, and I'm really looking forward to going through with the rest of this. Yeah, and it'll pro- it'll most likely be the first anime that we kind of return to um, after we wrap oh, yeah. it up because we got like we said we got season four, season five, whatever you consider it coming out in January. Yeah, so yeah, well, and this won't take us till January, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then. Outside of the question and our review, we got we got some brief news, Chris. Uh, your favorite oh. anime series is coming back, spring twenty twenty one. My Hero Thank Academia. Fucking god, dude! I'm so ready. Like, I need to like I'm enjoying reading the manga, but I need to see this shit unfold on the screen. I'm loving it now that now that um because I've watched most of it in subtitles, and now that it's pretty much all like what's out now is all caught up and dubbed in English. I'm gonna go back and rewatch everything. Um. I fucking love My Hero Academia, dude. I I didn't think I'd love an anime again like that, but I I cannot fucking wait for season five. That was actually like the first wing of my uh, quarantine when season four was playing. It was I was thinking, oh, this is quarantine's great. I can just watch My Hero every Saturday morning, and then the season ended. Now I'm like, what am I gonna do with myself? It turns out, Chris, you're gonna we're gonna start an anime podcast, you know? Yeah, turns out, turns out. But yeah, dude, can't fucking wait for that to come out. I'm just 
I'm beside myself, and I will be. I will be there to start. Oh, um, apparently the first ep- uh, just a quick breaking news from from our friend Top Eight Johnny. Um, he said that the first episode of the Dragon Quest anime is out, and he said it's really really good. So Ooh. yeah, um, so I need to check that out. Um, yeah, I definitely look forward to checking that out. Um, because I'm a big Dragon Quest guy too, and again, going back to the high fantasy stuff, you're you're already taking a video game that I fucking love. Right. And you're bringing it back into the anime fold, and it's gonna have you know obviously it's gonna have that great Toriyama art. Right. So. Yeah, so yeah I'll be checking that, that out. Yeah, yeah. I might check check that out, and then uh you know give you a, give you a full report next week. Yeah, definitely do. Um, once that season's wrapped up, we'll have to start throwing it into the nominations. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, absolutely. I don't I don't think we're gonna let another nomination go by that doesn't have my hero because I think it's something that we'd like to review for the show. Um, so. Guys, guys. I may just get to the point where I just nominate it every week until yeah. somebody bites. We it. might just have to be like, "Hey guys, we're forcing this." <laughs> yeah, we're, which is fine because it's so great. And if you're not watching it, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while to grow on you. So, like, if you watch, oh, it, it definitely did. If you watch the first few did. episodes and you're not in, just stick with it. Um, it, yep. it gets it gets crazy good. <sighs> um, Oh yeah, like cop cards, man. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you brought up that you watch it and subbed, and then now it's out in dub. You're gonna check it out that way, mm-hmm. Chris. There is yep. like, I don't understand the people that love anime that like are so strict on like subbed or dubbed. I, I <laughs> it's some it's an argument that's like so pointless, like that it doesn't man, even make sense. Like what you like, it, yeah. it makes no fucking sense. Like what you like, watch it, watch it how you want to. You know what I like about dubbed? No fucking reading. I can just do right. stuff while I watch. And I still watch with subtitles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so like I'm still reading, like, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- I just think it's such a pointless argument. I I, I clicked on something today on Twitter because on our on our Twitter I follow like a bunch of the anime news sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we don't really cover a lot of the news, just like stuff that really affects us. Um, but I just saw these guys like going at it about dubbed versus subbed, and then of course there's like the elitist top guy that's like, oh, "You guys should just read the manga." And it's like, oh, I don't know, dude. <laughs> just enjoy the media that you enjoy yeah, the way you want to enjoy. Well, that's it. what I'm saying. And you know, the manga versus anime—it's no different than someone like, "Oh, the movie was way better, or the book was better than the movie." No shit, no shit. It's going to be better. Yeah, I'm um, sure. But like. Just enjoy, like, like what you like, people. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, it's you know, twelve for ten cents, a dime for a dozen. You know, potato, potato. <laughs> you know, like what you like. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't. There's. What am I trying to say here, man? Sometimes the 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 geek culture can get that way. It's very ragey at times. It's very. It's a, um, it's such I a like niche this. thing, like. Mm-hmm. It's like we're already pretty much outcast for watching anime, so like mm-hmm. now you're just like further outcasting yourself for no reason. Yeah, yeah, like just like what you like, and that's I'm I'm just one of those people. Like it's a I, I equate it to like smart fans in wrestling, like 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 the big fucking annoying fans like to dissect everything that's going on. But oh well, this person's an asshole in real life. They tweeted that you know whatever. It's like I don't give a shit. I just want to watch it for two hours, then watch it next week yeah 
I don't care what's going on in their personal lives or what's happening <laughs> outside of this two-hour block that I'm trying to escape from all of that shit. So, yeah, and I, like, if you like to watch it dubbed, like, if, here's the thing. If I could speak or, like, understand Japanese fluently, I would totally watch it in Japanese. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because I think, because, I mean, that's that's how it originally, I think that's the original story. There's some, you know, I'm sure there's some phrases or verbiage that can't, tra- that don't translate over. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, too, like, I don't know if it was, say, I spoke Spanish and it was dubbed, it was in Spanish. I would, I would listen to it in Spanish, you know, and, or if I understood it. It doesn't make it worse or better than how you watch it. Now, bad voice acting is bad voice acting, but just because, you know, you get, you know, there, there's also bad Japanese voice acting, too. That shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, they're not fucking immune to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even when there is bad voice acting, then you can make fun of it. And it you, yeah, exactly. That's you, and that's like a comedy comedy portion to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know what, Chris? Yeah. In the great words of uh, Andrew W.K., Mm-hmm. We do what we like, and we like what we do. I can't think of a better way to sign off than that, Cody. That's it. Guys, we will see you next Tuesday right here on Shonen and Suds. Uh, be sure to follow us at our Twitter, at Shonen and Suds. Follow us on Facebook, at Shonen and Suds. Um, and that's all I got, Chris. Dude, that's all I got. I'm ready to get cracking on the next uh, 12 episodes of Seven Deadly Sins. I am, uh, I am invested. All right, Chris. Well, I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us as always. Night, night.